Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. Hezekiah had tried everything he knew how to try. The Assyrians had come and they had taken all of the cities of Judah and now they were encamped around Jerusalem. They were yelling taunts to the people on the wall of the city of Jerusalem and telling them what they were going to do once they had conquered the city. And they ridiculed the God of Israel. And Hezekiah took the document that he had received from them and he rolled it out before the Lord in the temple And he said, God, hear what they are saying against you, and come and deliver us. And God did just that. He sent his angel. 180,000 Assyrians killed in one night by one angel of God. And um, I'm convinced that we need to come to Jesus with the problems and difficulties of our lives. Uh, He is our good shepherd. And um, the scripture we're we're looking at today is about David. King David was just now, after all of the suffering and difficulty he'd gone through, being recognized and anointed as the king over all 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, as they anoint him, they say, look, we want you to be the shepherd of Israel. And then uh, it says that he reigned 33 years in Jerusalem. He reigned 40 total, but he reigned 33 years in Jerusalem. As I read that, I couldn't help but think of Christ who lived 33 years. And they said he was born a king. And I want you to know Jesus is ruling right now. From the right hand of the Father. But while he was here on this earth, he ruled for 33 years. And then he went to the cross. Um, And then David is is actually beginning to win battles for them. And so the first thing he does is he comes against the city of Jerusalem. And uh, they said, hey, the blind of the lane could ward you off. Uh, We have such great security here. You can't penetrate the security. And so... David says, if we're going to defeat this city, we're going to have to go up through the shaft. And if you look and and you do a Google search on Warren's shaft or Warren's tunnel, uh, it will show you the very tunnel that David and his men came up into the city of David, which it was later called, to defeat the Jebusites. And so uh, God gave them a great victory there. And David knew that God was with him and that God had strengthened him. And the Bible says he was becoming more and more powerful. He was entering into the purpose that God had for his life. And he was doing so not just for his own gain, but for the people of Israel. He was meant to be a servant and a shepherd. And so I want you to know that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of what David was. Uh, You see, David was an earthly king, but every king that came after David in the nation of Judah was compared to David. Either he was obedient to the Lord, sought after the Lord, and followed the Lord as David did, or he was wicked and he did not follow after God, unlike his ancestor David. 
Everybody was compared to David. Well, what was so special about David? Well, the Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. As a man after God's own heart, he, he looks forward to Christ as no other could as king. And Jesus would be the fulfillment of the picture, an imperfect picture, but a picture that is seen in the life of David. So we need to come to God for help. We need to come to Christ, to our good shepherd, for help in the circumstances of our life. And if you don't know Jesus, you need to come to Jesus as your good shepherd in faith and repentance and receive the free gift of eternal life because Jesus is the only place you can find him. And so uh, this, this scripture uh, is all about that. And it says here, coming to the good shepherd. That's the title of my message, coming to the good shepherd. Second Samuel 5 and verse 1. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Here we are, your own flesh and blood. Even while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led us out to battle and brought us back. The Lord also said to you, you will shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. So all the elders came uh, to the, uh, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. King David made a covenant with them at Hebron in the Lord's presence, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began his reign, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem against the Jebusites who inhabited the land. And the Jebusites had said to David, you will never get in here. Even the blind and lame can repel you, thinking David can't get in here. Yet David did capture the stronghold of Zion, that is the city of David. He said that they, whoever attacks the Jebusites, must go through the water shaft to reach the lame and blind who are despised by David. For this reason, it is said, the blind and lame will never enter the house. David took up residence in the stronghold, which he named the city of David. He built it up all the way around from supporting terraces inward. David became more and more powerful, and the Lord of hosts was with him. Coming to the good shepherd, why should we come to him? Well, first of all, you need to come to the good shepherd for his care. His care. It says he is the shepherd. Uh, I, Jesus in John 10 says, I am the good shepherd. Everything that had been said about God's care for Israel, everything that had been said about human rulers as shepherds was only a, a, prep, a preparation for the good shepherd who was to come so that they could recognize him for who he is. Jesus is the one who cares for us. I want to tell you something. Jesus cares for us. The Bible says for a good man, somebody might die. But God shows his own love for us in this. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's care. He knew our need. I, I love that old song. It says, he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. He saw the need that you had in your life. He saw your brokenness. He saw your sin. And he said, look, I want to save your soul. And so he went to the cross. And he took the penalty of sin upon himself. The wrath of God upon himself. He said, it is finished. And he rose from the dead. And the scripture says, 
If you'll confess him with your mouth as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Jesus' care for you is seen on the cross. But I want to tell you something. Jesus is alive and he cares for his people today. He's not a dead Savior. He's a living Savior. I love what Paul said in in Colossians. He says, the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to tell you something. There's hope for you as a child of God because Christ lives in you. Whatever you may face, Jesus is with you to help you navigate those circumstances. Whatever you may face, you can take your problems to him in prayer. Whatever challenge you have, whatever ministry God has given you to fulfill, you can rely upon your good shepherd to help you. He is your partner in ministry. He cares for you. Um, I, I remember a young lady who was, was coming to our church a number of years ago. She's since moved, but she was telling me, I'm sick. She said, I'm sick, and I don't have my mom. She lives a distance away, and she says, I, how I wish I could just have my mom make me some soup and take care of me and baby me because I'm sick, and I really miss that care. Some of you can identify with that. You've been cared for by your mom. Uh, moms have a special way of doing that, I think. Uh, my kids always used to run to Sherry uh, when they were hurt. They never came to me. Because moms just seem, seem to have a special way of caring for their kids. But I want to tell you something. Nobody will care for you like Jesus cares for you. Jesus will care for you. I can't tell you how many times when I have been struggling where Jesus has comforted my soul. Maybe through a song, maybe through a scripture that I read in my quiet time. Maybe through just touching my heart in my prayers as I'm calling out to him. Just touching me and letting me know that he's with me. But he has cared for me. He has taken care of my needs. We had somebody share in Sunday school this morning. Uh, she, was, she was needing clothes for her kids. And at just the right time, God provided those clothes and exactly what she needed. That's the kind of God we serve. He cares for us. He meets our needs. Uh, what a wonderful thing to have a shepherd like Jesus. Take your problems to him. Somebody said, well, I don't want to bother God with that. He's got more uh, big things to worry about than my problems. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If God cares enough for you to number the hairs of your head, I think he cares about the details of your life. Just take it to him. Pray about everything. The Bible says pray without ceasing. I think that means you just take every opportunity, every need, every desire that you have, just take it to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I need. And, and sometimes he knows not to give us because he knows that it may not be for our good. But, but he loves us and he cares for us and he meets the needs that are there. So trust in Jesus as your good shepherd. Come to him. You see, they came to David. They said, David, we Saul's dead. Ishbosheth's dead. I, I neglected to mention that the last chapter. Ishbosheth is put to death by some of his own men. There's no leader in Israel. There's no one to show them the way. And so they come to David. Listen, I want to tell you something. There is no one who can show you the way to live life like Jesus Christ. You need to come to him. Take your cares to him. Take your lostness to him. Take your failure to him. He's the good shepherd. By the way, as a good shepherd, he'll also correct you. One of the jobs of the shepherd was when the sheep would stray, he would bring them back. He just, 
take that shepherd's crook and he just kind of nuzzled them back into the way. Sometimes he might tap a little bit on them, but he's going to get them back in uh, so that they don't go astray. The Bible says we all, like sheep, have gone astray. There's not a one of us that doesn't need Jesus to bring us back. I'm so glad that he doesn't just let us go our own way. I've told people many times, I, I think my mom kept me out of more trouble when I was in high school just by praying for me. It was amazing. I, sometimes I, I'd want to get into trouble and I couldn't. You know, it was just a, she was praying for me. She was keeping me on the right path. I really believe that with my heart. But, but Jesus does that for us. He keeps us on the way. And when we stray, he disciplines us. The Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens, he disciplines. Why does he do that? Because he cares for us. He doesn't want the enemy, the thief, who kills and destroys to get us. He wants us to be cared for and to receive the abundant life as a regular daily experience in our lives. And so he does that to keep us on the way. Trust him. Bring those things to him because he cares for you. I love that scripture in Peter. Cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. So uh, coming to the good shepherd, why should you come? Well, first of all, for his care. Secondly, come for his rule. Uh, verse 5 says, he reigned 33 years over all Israel. I've already mentioned that in the comparison to Jesus. But his rule, how is Jesus' rule a blessing? You remember when Jesus was doing his earthly ministry and um, he was healing the sick. And he was raising the dead and he was... Uh, touching blind eyes and they began to see and all of these things were taking place uh, Jesus said if I'm doing this by the power of God then the kingdom of God has come to you John called those, those miracles signs you see they're signs Jesus is about healing people's souls I think it's harder to heal a soul than it is to heal a body Jesus is about causing us to be born again when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is about helping us to overcome sin. I, I love what the scripture says, that uh, those who walk in the Spirit will surely not fulfill the desire of the flesh. Uh, as Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit and uh, enables us through the Holy Spirit living within us, how does he do that? It's when we submit to his rule. That's what the kingdom of God is. When I confess Jesus as my Lord, as I mentioned a moment ago, I'm saying, Lord Jesus, I bow the knee to you. I choose to follow you, and I want you to be my leader, and I want you to be in charge of my life, and I want to follow you. That happens at salvation, but that also should happen if you're a child of God every single day of your life. Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. He also said this, he who seeks to save his life will lose it but he who loses his life for my sake will find it you see it's when you bow the knee to jesus christ that you find what life's all about um when i was under conviction to come to faith in jesus christ i can remember uh struggling with it uh, because i was worried it's it's ironic it's kind of weird thinking about it now because we all rejoice when people come to faith in christ right but I was worried what people were going to think of me. I, the devil's probably whispering in my ear. 
But I wrestled with this. Will I bow the knee to Jesus as Lord and be who he wants me to be? And, and I, you know, I knew I couldn't do that in my own strength, but I had to make a choice, and I was wrestling with it. And I'll never forget the day that I came to the altar, and I began to say, Lord, I'm not sure I can do this. I want to do this. Help me do this. And he gave me the strength, and I said, Lord, I surrender. I can honestly tell you today that Jesus Christ changed my heart that day. And he brought a new joy into my life. He brought a new peace into my life that came about because I bowed the knee to Jesus. I want to tell you something. His rule is a blessing. And one of the great things about when we go to heaven, and there's a new heaven, new earth, and all of that, is not just that there'll be a perfect glorified body, not just that there'll be streets of gold and walls of jasper, but there'll be no sin. Everyone will be completely surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. And because of that, we're going to have an abundance of joy and peace and, and a life with God like at no other time in our lives. That's why the Bible, I think, calls this a down payment. Down payment is just a taste of what's yet to come. Some of you can testify that. You've been paying on your house for a lot of years. The down payment's just the beginning. I want to tell you something. When we meet Christ and, and he changes us and, and we're raised up in glorified bodies, sin will be dead and we'll be under his rule and his kingdom will have come in a whole new way in our lives and we'll never be the same. His rule is a blessing. Listen, I want to tell you something. Surrender your life to Christ. If you, don't know, if you don't know Jesus today, make that choice today for the first time. If you know him, but you've strayed from him, make that choice today. Lord Jesus, I surrender. Bow the knee to Christ. I'm going to tell you something. Those ten tribes, those northern ten tribes did a very wise thing in surrendering to David's leadership. Number one, because God had chosen David to be their leader. But also... David was a good and godly king, and the whole nation was blessed under his leadership. As they bowed the knee to Jesus, everything else in their life was blessed. Or as they bowed the knee to David, the same thing is true of bowing the knee to Jesus. When you bow your knee to Jesus, his blessing and his hand is upon your life. Now, I didn't say you wouldn't have any, any trouble. But here's the difference. Everybody has trouble, right? Even lost people have trouble. The difference is when you have Jesus, he walks through that trouble with you. And uh, when you surrender to his rule, you can have joy. Listen, that's why Paul and Silas could sing in the jail. They'd been beaten for preaching the gospel. They're put in these prisons, and they're not like the prisons today with cable TV and three squares a day. This was real prison. But they're in this prison jail and they begin to sing and praise God, and God shakes the place, and the doors are open. And it's another story. But you see, they had this joy. Why? Because they had bowed the knee to Jesus, and they said, we will follow Jesus come what may. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to be faithful to Jesus. We're going to do what he tells us to do. And because of that, they were experiencing the abundance of life. Many Christians don't have joy because they will not bow the knee to Jesus. Come to Jesus for his rule. You will be blessed.
Um, Jim Elliott said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I love that. Coming to the Good Shepherd, why should you come? First of all, for his care. Secondly, for his rule. Thirdly, for his victory. For his victory. You see, the Jebusites had never had that city challenged and taken. They had this fortress. It was only on one of the mountains of the, of the city of Jerusalem that we now know today that has three mountains. Just one of the mountains was, was the stronghold of the Jebusites. And it was naturally fortified. No one had ever come through their gates. It seemed to be an impregnable stronghold. But God was with David. God gave him a, a supernatural wisdom and he figured this thing out. And he said, there's this Warren Shaft thing. Maybe they didn't call it Warren Shaft back then. But <laughs> there's this shaft we know about that goes up in there. That's how we're going to do it. Now, apparently, they, they did, I don't know if they did it uncover or not how they did it, but all his troops went up that shaft, had to climb up that narrow shaft to get into the city, and God gave them a great victory. <clears throat> you see, God was with David. And so his victory was God's victory. I want you to know something. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, God is with you. Jesus is with you. And whatever strongholds, I love what uh, 2 Corinthians says. It says, we, we take down every stronghold, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and of God. We strip it down with these spiritual weapons that he's given us. We have victory because of who our Savior is. There's no stronghold of the devil that can stand. There's no stronghold of sin in your life that can stand when you uh, allow Christ to live through you in the power of the Spirit. What impossible thing do you see in your life? Bring it to Jesus. Is it a financial situation? Bring it to Jesus. We saw a prayer answered a couple of weeks ago uh, for a need in, in a person's life. God met the need. As we prayed. I want to tell you something. God doesn't need your money. You ought to give for your sake. But don't, don't give because you think God needs it. God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need my money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He has all resources. Listen, I want to tell you something. He can give you the victory in every area of your life. What about your marriage? What about your children that you're trying to raise up to serve God? Bring it to Christ. Receive the victory that he has given you in prayer and in faith. If he is with you, who can be against you? Coming to the good shepherd. Why should you come? For his care, for his rule, for his victory, and finally for his power. For his power. Verse 10 says, David became more and more powerful. I want to tell you something. Jesus ne never had to become more and more powerful because all power is his. I love what he says. And before he sends him out at the Great Commission, he says, all authority, which I think that's a good translation, but it can also be translated all power has been given to me. All authority, all power is given to me. Therefore, go make disciples. Every bit of power you need is there. Why? Because I'm with you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
There'll never be a time where Jesus is not with you. Come to him with your need. Come to receive the power that you don't have yourself. The longer I serve Christ, the more I realize how weak I am and how much I need him. And I've gotten, I used to pray about a few things and thought, well, I could take care of the rest, you know. Now I've gotten where I pray about more and more stuff because I'm realizing I can't do any of it without him. I need his power. And it's amazing the difference between me trying to witness to somebody and Christ witnessing through me. It's amazing the difference between me trying to minister to a person's need and Christ ministering through me. It's amazing the difference between me trying to preach and Christ preaching through me. Every facet of your life, listen, God has the power. I love the story about Jesus on the, on the sea and the, the storm is there and the disciples wake up and he says, peace be still and the winds and the waves are, are calm. That's power. Jesus can speak a word and it can become a calm in your life. Take those things to him. But sometimes he may not deliver you from the problem, he may deliver you through it. He has the power to deliver you from it. Sometimes he does. But he also has the power to deliver you through it. Look at Job's life. I I honestly don't know how in the world, aside from the power of God, that Job could have made it. I don't think he felt the power of God. I don't think he was, he thought he'd been abandoned. But God sustained him through his suffering. I've had people share with me, you know, I couldn't have made it if it not been for the Lord. And the prayers of his people. He sustained me through this trial. Um, Sometimes you get to the other end of it. And you see what God did through the trial. And how God worked about some good things that needed to take place. That wouldn't have come about any other way. But through the trial. But he has the power to sustain you through it. What a wonderful thing to know. We live in an uncertain world. There's, There's trouble. There's ISIS. And there's... Uh, terrorists that are doing things even within our country now who are attacking police officers and who are who are coming about after random people and trying to put them to death I want to tell you it's an uncertain world that we live in but I want to tell you something it doesn't matter what comes to us as a people if we have Christ he can carry us through it he has the power to do so he's the good shepherd bring your need to him bring your weakness to him And receive his power. So come to the good shepherd. Why should you do it? Come for his care. His rule. His victory. And his power. And as you do. You will find. That he is the king of kings. He is the lord of lords. There is no one like him. And he will work in your life. As no one else can. Let's pray. Father thank you for your word. And for. Uh, this picture of our great Savior, Jesus Christ, that you show us in the Old Testament in the life of David. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Lord over...